Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. So we were flying recently. I got to tell yes. you, there's something that bugs me. How long are you supposed to wash your hands? Like nowadays, I think they say like 60 seconds or something. Okay, pause like the that. train here. 20 seconds? I don't, I don't think know. it's a nowadays. I don't think this guidance has changed. I think we're always supposed to do I think it. think you're That's... supposed to sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. I thought it was Michael Row Your Boat. I, I probably thought of that because it's got the name Michael. Right, probably. But here's the thing. You're supposed to do it for like 20 or 30 seconds. Fair? Yeah. And everyone's worried about stopping the transmission and the spread. Mm -hmm. Then why on earth when I go to the airport and all these public places and they got the little sensor things, right? Yeah. Why do they, are they set for five seconds? You tell me to wash my hands for 20 or 30 seconds, but I got to put them under there six times just to get enough water. On a technicality, you're supposed to just get them wet and then wash with the soap for 20 seconds and then rinse them again. You know what? You can spread your lies until it's thin like butterflies. <laughs> what? I don't know. It rhymed. I have no idea. Just bugged me. I was trying to share it. Moving on. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duo with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. Hello, everyone. And today, we're going to talk about... I was waiting for you. I figured you had something. No. <laughs> See, right there. That just proved who does the heavy lifting on this show. Co-host. Me. Color commentary. Not research. Not what I do. How about inflation? Inflation? Want to talk about it? Sure. I think it works. It's kind of out of control right now, isn't it? It's big, isn't it? Yeah. It's here. So depending, and I don't want to make this political. I don't want it to be at all. So hopefully you, you just let me finish and, and it won't be political. Um, good luck. I'm good at this. I'm, I'm, I got this. So I, right now we hear sometimes that we have transitory inflation. Yep. Transitory is a fancy word for temporary. Okay. There's no such thing as temporary inflation. Right. That being said, this isn't political. Why? Because there, here's how inflation breaks down. There's two components to it or two types of inflation. Mm -hmm. There's more, but I'm keeping it simple. We have what we call structural and cyclical. Okay. Cyclical is the ebb and flow. Yep. It's like Lake Michigan. Do you sometimes remember, it's high, sometimes it's low. Do you remember? So we like to, for years now, with a short respite when we lived up in Norton Shores, but we've been boating on the Grand River for a decade. Yes. Or more. And do you remember about a decade ago, 
how low the water level was on the river, which yes. coincides with Lake Michigan, of course. Yes, because the house you were living in at the time had a beach. Right. It doesn't have a beach anymore. And there's that one spot on the river that we had to throttle completely down. If somebody threw a wake, you could literally feel the boat tap Hit in the, the bottom. bottom. Yeah. Yes. Do you remember why, you know, like M Live and, and, you know, the Detroit News and all that were writing a bunch of articles about historically low Lake Michigan levels? Do you remember at all, like, why they said it was low? I had something to do with climate change and yeah, all that. but that was part of it. But and there was a few other reasons though, right? And they were they were all theorizing the lake levels will never return. You know, one of the reasons they said, well, Chicago changed the flow of the river, right? Which is true, but that doesn't affect lake levels. That it does. South of us. Yeah, absolutely does. It just happened a hundred years ago, right? So we're that's already factored in. We're we're beyond that. <laughs> So well, they were like, beyond yeah. that. Um, Saint Lake Saint Clair over in Detroit area. Yep. They had dredged their channel and the lake, so okay. now of course that lake was deeper. So right, you know, needs more water. Right. How can you be a writer and go, yeah, they dredged Lake Saint Clair. That's what happened to Lake Michigan. Like, how deep do you think they made it? A thousand feet? Right. Well, I did mean, it become the world's deepest that's, lake? That's just irrational because Lake Mac gets dredged every year, practically. Right. And it doesn't affect it. No. Could it have a, a oh, I'll be nice. Could it have a marginal effect? Sure. Not a meaningful effect. Yeah, you're not going to be able to see it with the naked eye. They didn't dredge it 200 feet deep. No. And the third that I saw, this is the one I loved, was that California and Nevada are running out of water. There's got to be a secret pipeline somewhere where they are draining our water. <laughs> and then about three years ago, so that's that was about 10. Yep. A couple years ago, though, um, they were wrong. We hit all-time highs, didn't we? Yeah, lots of flooding. And then houses were once again falling into the water. Right. You know what I think is going to happen in about 10 years? Docks at marinas were getting covered in uh -huh. water, and now they all put floating docks in. Do you know what I think is going to happen in about 10 years? It's going to go way down. We're going to be at all-time historically low levels, and mm -hmm. people will say, oh, this time it's different. It's never going to come back. Chicago changed the flow of the river. Lake St. Clair did something. And you know what? Let's blame it on Ohio because nothing good comes out of Ohio. Sorry if you're in Ohio, but eh. Tough luck. Yeah. Ohio must be stealing it because they ran out of water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ebb and flow. That's, I want you to, I use that, that example because I found that to be a good example for people mm -hmm. for cyclical inflation. You have a period where it's high and then you got a period where it's going to be low. We have cyclical inflation right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. That does not mean where I'm going back to the, this is not political, does not mean though that there isn't some temporary inflation. Right. That portion is going to be called structural. Let's take a break. Then we'll come back to this fascinating discussion on inflation. It will be better. I promise. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again, grmusiclessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. Welcome to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances. Again, join us on Twitter at... Fireproof Show? Yes. On Twitter? Yes. Dot not, com. No. 
Right. You can hang out with the people from Namibia. Yes. Which we, we thank all three of them for listening to us. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, we're very popular with you. Yes. How cool would it be if we flew over there and all of a sudden there was like a billboard? Right. Like, what? <laughs> a, I'm pretty sure you have to pay for that. <laughs> B, I don't think they really have billboards over there. Ooh. You have no idea. I you don't. You just stereotyped. Not very many places around the world have that many billboards. The United States is an anomaly. For billboards? Yeah. Really? I've been to a few places and I haven't seen billboards. Uh, I've seen them paint signs in France on the sides of buildings. That's not a billboard. Billboard. No. Mm-hmm. That's a what do you think mural. The, what do you think the Eiffel Tower is? It's a giant billboard to go to France. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. All right, so we got cyclical inflation. That's ebb and flow, okay? And so we're hearing right now in the news that we got transitory inflation. It's partially correct. Temporary, that's your structural. That's when we have a disruption, you know, uh, something in the structural nature of it, right? Our Mm -hmm. economy shifts. Yep. Well, that's happened. Why? Well, because we're out of, well, because, A, we turned off the lights and just thought we could turn them right back on. Our economy is kind of like the lights on a gym. Remember the old lights at a gym? You turn them on. It took like 15 minutes for the gym to light up. Yes. That's kind of the economy. And then you turn them off and they slowly went. Yeah. And you can hear them crackle kind of. Yes. Yeah. That's our economy. It's not a light switch. You can just turn things on and off. You got to think ahead and prepare for it. Yeah. Charge up. But we've got disruptions right now. You know, we were in California and we saw, you know, firsthand, we saw the ships waiting. Yep. And you've been trying to get product like metal. Yep. And you've seen, and because it's so hard to come by, I got a quote from you guys to put in some walls, glass walls for conference room. Yes. And it was about three times more than what your dad thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know, and and actually for anybody looking to do that stuff and, you know, you guys are great because he's worked, figured it out how to re-engineer it to where he got the cost way down, you know, back to normal. Yep. Um, And I don't think, I'll give you guys a little shout out. I don't think most glass companies do that. No. You know, because you're too busy, too busy. You don't have enough people. So it's like, here's the price. Take it or leave it is what I've seen with a lot of businesses right now. Yep. Um, But that's structural. So when things get back to normal, the price of that metal will come back down. Hopefully. Now we'll go back down to what it once was. No. That's your cyclical. You got ebb and flow. So look at lumber, right? That spiked. Yep. When that comes back down, it will. I don't think it will come back down all the way. I don't think so either. And that difference of where it comes back down to, that's your cyclical. So we have real inflation right now. Mm-hmm. And and it's probably going to be here for a while. You know, we've so in our office, when we do financial planning with folks for the last seven, eight years, we've always said there's, we build every plan that we have. And like anybody I meet with, I say, there's three things I'm worried about for you. If they're married, um, number one is... Um, they're they're all loss of income, but number one is loss of income due to inflation. Right. You know, and, and inflation's here right now. We we didn't have it for quite a while. It's here now, so it's probably not just going to evaporate. Well, right. Number two is taxes. Ugh. But you know, and and that's again a kind of a polarizing one. But let's make this simple about taxes. Is it easy to lower taxes? I mean, everybody likes it. Correct. I can't say that it's easy. It's still as hard to get politicians to vote for it. Right. So if lowering taxes is difficult and the public likes it, 
does anyone like paying more taxes? No. So if lowering taxes, something that the people who voted you into power like is hard to do. How difficult is it to increase taxes? Almost impossible. It's hard, really hard to get enough votes to make that pass through both chambers of Congress. Right. And we're spending a ton of money right now. So, well, that, that'll be a different conversation. But so I'm not so worried for folks about an increase in direct taxation. I worry about indirect taxation. Okay. So like we've talked about that VAT tax, value added tax. Yep. It would apply to businesses like you guys. Yes. Because there's times that you do work for a, a, you know, a homeowner, but the builder or ordered it. I'm trying to think if I'm doing that correctly. Do you charge, you, you still have to charge the builder sales tax. But it there depends was a, on how their company is. Okay. Up. So sometimes no. Correct. And that, yeah, certainly that's where you'd get the value added tax. I think you'd get the value added tax though, because it's separate from sales tax. You would get it just from the standpoint that, you know, you added, yeah, that you did it for a customer through, you know, it's part of like the assembly line of the building of that house. Right. Well, and if I taxed the builder who then turned around and the homeowner got taxed on what they bought indirectly from right. me, that's double tax. Oh, it is a double tax. But make no mistake, we have double taxation all over the place. Right. You know, and I've had people argue with me on this. No, we don't, Mike. Don't you remember the Boston Tea Party? You know, no taxation without representation. Aha. It wasn't no double taxation without representation. Right. It was just no taxation, period. Without representation. Right. So no offense to our founding fathers, but they should have said no double taxation. Right. Because we have double taxation with representation. It still falls in line with what they asked. Yes, it does. If you go on to, so what are some examples? If you go on to a, um, uh, a toll road, mm -hmm. when you fill up your tank. You pay tax on the gas. And when you use the road. You pay tax you to did. use the gas. Yep, you did it twice. Yeah. What if you don't go on a toll road? You still pay it twice, don't you? You know how? Registration. Right. So you pay triple tax when you go on a toll road. Sorry, Chicago. Or how about Menards? Love Menards. Yes. But they always do that 11% rebate, right? Yep. It's drives me up a wall. But they take the tax out of the rebate after you've already paid tax on yes! it. Yes! <laughs> pay tax. we've had this conversation a few times about mm -hmm. the rebate. Get a $100 you know, rebate and I go spend $100. I go you know, another 6% in tax. So... I worry about indirect taxation. You know, they, they right now, the, like we said, the value-added tax has been floated around. And they say, well, it's been in Europe for 50 years and it's been fine there. It's worked. Well, we got to be careful with that because you can't say it's worked. Right. You don't have a control group. You yeah. just know it's been there. Right. And it's been maybe okay. I but mean, I know some people who live in Europe who don't like how high their taxes are. But the exact, well, Yeah. But you can't say it's worked because you don't know what it would have been without it. Right. So I worry about, excuse me, I worry about indirect tax increases because those, first of all, for politicians, they can point the, the finger to the other party and say, no, right. we didn't do it. But um, it's a lot easier to get passed. Okay. I think inflation has, and so, so three things we worry about that we talk about all the time and try to teach people. Worry about cuts to your income, inflation, taxes, and loss of a spouse. Those are the three huge concerns I have for people. Been right. the same for a decade. Indirect taxes, though, 
is probably the easiest way from a taxation standpoint the government can raise more money. Okay. Inflation could be that. I know that sounds odd. Sounds weird. I'm telling you. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I'll share with you how, quite frankly, I think the government actually would like inflation. No. I, I really do. And there's a reason. It's an easy reason. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to grmusiclessons.com. That's grmusiclessons.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the final segment of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts. Today we're talking about, or have been talking about, inflation. Yes. So it's here. It's been here. Yeah. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and he said, yeah, you know, inflation's a big way. I go, well, what do you mean? He goes, you know, a couple of years ago, I could buy, and I forget what truck it was, but he goes, this truck would have cost me 36000 and it was used. He goes, now Still. it's, yeah, he goes, now it's almost sixty. Yep. We talked about, you know, metal, lumber, gas. The electronic components. Mm-hmm. You know, from a behavioral perspective, one of the things that the behavioral sciences have said, like, I get this one a lot from people. Why is it that when oil goes up, the price skyrockets, but when it comes down, it goes down very slowly? Well, from a behavioral aspect, I want you to think of this way. Like, let's say that gas is at two bucks a gallon. Okay. And it goes up to 280. Yeah. You're like, whoa, what's going on? Right? Yep. Now that's scenario one. Scenario two. Gas is at two bucks a gallon. It goes up to four bucks a gallon. Yeah. Still really mad, right? Yeah. Well, here's one of the things they found, though, is that, you know, X amount of increase causes X amount of pain. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's say the first 50 cents, and I don't know that that would be the case in this example, but just to illustrate it, the first 50 cents are the most impactful. Okay. But the next 50 cents isn't as painful as the first 50. It's not as shocking. Okay. The next 50 cents is less shocking than the second 50 cents, which was less shocking than the first 50 cent increase. Why? Well, from one standpoint, it's becoming a smaller percentage of an increase. True. Um, and there's a, just a shock factor anyway. Like the first time you see, um, the first time every winter that you're on the road and you lose traction on the rear end and you kind of go, right? Yep. Like you do on purpose. Yeah. But there's like, you, you get the goosebumps and you lose all your vitamin C and you're, oh, right? Right. Middle of winter, though, that's no longer nearly as alarming as what it was initially. Right. You because you've probably done it. it three or four times. Yeah. So a couple of things here. Number one is that um, if gas goes from $2 to 280 in scenario one, and then actually, and let's say in scenario two, it goes from $2 to um, three sixty. Okay. So it's double the increase. Yep. That double isn't as it is it, the double increase isn't double alarming. It's not you don't recognize that as two times the pain. Right. Okay. Here's the key though. When it goes from two to two eighty, you go, holy cow. And it goes from two to three sixty. It comes back down to two eighty. What do people do? Feel a little better, don't you? Yeah. 
because you're just paying 360. Right. And I know not everyone agrees with this. I had a guy in and we were talking about something similar. And I don't know why this struck my head. And, and there was a moment where I literally thought he might like kick me because he looked really upset. But it worked. <laughs> and he's been a client now for a good chunk of time. Um, but we were arguing about something and, and kind of this principle. And I said, what, what, what waist size did you have in high school? And that's yeah, why he looked at me. touchy subject. And I go, and what are you today? And so he was like 28, a size 28, and he was a 36 now. I said, when you were in high school, what was the biggest size pants that you ever would have thought you would wear? And I think he said like 33. And I go, and he had lost some weight. And I go, so you're, but are you happy? Like, how did, I'm doing this wrong, but basically we had talked about how he was feeling pretty good about it. Right, because well, he went from 36 to 33. Yeah, or I think a 38 to 36. Fine. But yet you're still past a point that at a certain point in your life, you couldn't ever imagine getting there. Right. You know, so it's like you celebrate that small success. Mm-hmm. I've seen it with credit card debt, right? If somebody's never had a, a penny of credit card debt and then all of a sudden they take on a thousand bucks, they're freaking out. Right. Big deal. Yeah. And they take it down to zero. The next time they charge up on that thing, maybe now they put it at 1500 Right, because they paid it off before, mm-hmm. so why not? Creates a confidence. Yeah. And it's not as shocking. And so they start bringing it back down, and then they bring it up higher. And you know what's interesting with that, though? It's not that they have to pay it all the way back down. They just have to get to the point where they believe that they would have been able to pay it back down. Right. And that's when they start charging more. Right. So the same thing, well, remember when we bought our last house, two houses ago, I guess now, the foreclosure. Yeah. Yep. We moved in. It's a foreclosure. We were hoping to save some money on the taxes. We moved in, they they jacked up the taxes. Right. And, you know, when we bought it, we were hoping to get the taxes lower than, because it was assessed at an amount higher than what we were going to pay for it because it was foreclosure. Right. And so they took the, the tax rate that it already was, they jacked it up. I was out of town when you can go do that hearing thing. Mm-hmm. So you went there. We get a decision two weeks later. Do you remember what happened? I think they brought it down marginally. They brought it back down to what it was. Yeah. Almost what it was. It was still a small increase. And you and I were like, oh, that's awesome. We were so happy about it. Until about six months later, I'm like, those connivers. Yeah, we they were hoping- jacked it up and then just brought it back to what it was. And it was actually still a small increase, but we took it as a victory. Right. Like a success. So that's why we see like inflation with gas is one of the reasons why behavioral, you know, the behavioral sciences are saying it comes back down more slowly. Okay. Because it can. Mm-hmm. You feel better out. If it goes from 2 to 280 versus 2 to 360 back to 280, most people feel better about the second scenario because they were, used to be at 360. Right. Now, <clears throat> I said inflation can kind of be like a hidden tax because A, things are getting more expensive. But B, I wouldn't be surprised if the government, quite frankly, and I, I'm not, and I, I could see either party doing this, wants inflation to be there. It's simple. News today is delivered in sound bites. Yes. What if we doubled everyone's wage and everything got doubly expensive? So you got, you gained zero from it. Right. But on a sound bite, wouldn't it be easy to say under our tenure, the average American doubled their wage? Yes, that would sound fantastic on a sound bite. And now we would go to argue and go, yeah, but you know, cheese got this much more and hamburger and, and trucks and fill in the blanks. I can't give you that in a soundbite, though. Right. The rebuttal to that is in a soundbite. 
it's an articulate academic answer. Which you're never going to get in the news. Nope. The soundbite is wages doubled. Yep. So that's number one reason one why I could see government wanting. Going back to, he said, is it easy? So the public likes, right? No one, no one dislikes, other than Warren Buffett, no one dislikes paying less in tax. Right. Yet it's still hard for Congress to agree to be able to lower taxes, mm -hmm. even when one party wants to. Correct. And so if it's hard to do that, it's doubly as hard to raise taxes when we know public opinions sour on that. Right. So one way to raise taxes, watch this. What if we doubled everyone's income? When then their taxes double too? Or more so, depending on what tier they go sure. into. Let's just say that people go from the lower tier of the 12% bracket to the high tier. Yep. Your, your tax revenues would be far higher. Yes, they would. Medicare, Medicaid would have a lot more money put into them. Social Security, by the way. Would have a lot more put into it. So then who is that really a tax on? That tax then would be on the so it would be really on people in retirement middle class yep because if you're in retirement close to retirement right and you're upper class um yeah you're still paying it um but you'll be fine right and if you're in the lower class i'm going to say uh lower socioeconomic class you're not paying it for it anyway because you don't have income right so you're, you're probably still paying nothing in tax or very right. very very little so the middle class gets hit again which then you'd have to say well the government wouldn't do that and i would argue of course they would what have they done with uh interest rates right because it used to be middle class people getting retirement de-risked they took less risk they put money they paid off the house because interest rates were high and as they paid off the house they saved money and put money into cds making when i got in this business cds were at seven percent yep so they put the money in the cd they lived off the interest now cds are less than one right so who's that a, that's like a invisible tax who's that on middle-class Americans close to retirement. Yep. Because they don't have debts. Right. And so we basically put that burden on you once. And I'm telling you right now, if we let inflation run away for a little bit and we doubled everyone's incomes, we'd get a bunch more money into in taxes yep. in a way that you wouldn't have to pass anything. But who would it affect? It affect middle income, middle America, retirement. Why? Because your social security won't keep up with it. No, it will not. And as we have that much more inflation, guess what? Your Medicare premiums will increase, go up. And you don't have a huge amount of your your wealth. Well, you may have a high percentage of your wealth in the market. And in theory, as we have inflation, we should have higher market returns. That's a theory. Right. Um, and I say that's a theory because we've had almost no inflation and high market returns. So if you can... And the thought there is lower inflation should have lower market returns. Mm -hmm. And it didn't happen the way we thought. So it can always not happen the way we thought with higher inflation. But irrelevant. The point is, you probably don't have enough in the market to offset the increase. You know, you're largely on a fixed income. Right. So who bears the brunt of it? Middle America. You got to mm -hmm. start planning for this now. You know, because from a government perspective, a good chunk of inflation is very enticing. Right. Last thing I'll set you with, because there's something called the rule of 72, which just says, if you want to know how fast something doubles, take your return, divide that into 72. Okay. So as an example, if you're earning 10%, well, let's use, yeah, 8%, okay? Okay. Then what's 72 divided by eight? It's nine. So it means at an 8% rate of return, your money's doubling every nine years. Or okay. the cost of something is doubling every nine years. Yep. So if we got 4% inflation as an example, divide that into 72, so it's about 16 years, right? A little less. Yep. So 
A little more. Yeah, a little more. Let's call it eight. Let's, doesn't matter. Whatever. Okay? <laughs> okay. Let's call it 18 years. Because 18, 36, 72. There we go. 18 years. Okay? At 4%, your money's doubling every 18 years. Or if it's a debt, the real amount is cut in half every 18 years. Right. In other words, if we have $30 trillion of debt and we didn't take on any more debt, which is a totally different conversation. It's a fairy tale. I get it. But if if that's what happened, guess what? Our $30 trillion in real dollars adjusted for inflation would really be $15 trillion in 18 years. Right. So not only would the government get more, more income, their debts really would be lower. It would solve some of these large programs that don't aren't are you know are are not salt long term solvent like social security right and medicare so you got to be prepared for that thing inflation i think is a huge risk Co- you know yeah we just take that out inflation's a huge risk people are talking about it mm-hmm. but it's something that i think we could see for a longer we said it's ebb and flow i think we could see the flow be longer for those reasons So it's always a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, Until next week, we are your hosts. This has been another episode of Fireproof Your Retirement. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Markey. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow or go to fireproofradio.net. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.